Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, so today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add our podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of the application. Hey, y'all. Welcome to a new episode of The Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl, Stephanie Hardy. Thank you so much for listening to the show if this is your first time listening. And if this isn't your first time listening, thank you for your continued support of my podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe everywhere you listen to this show. And just continue to tell people about, you know, the chill, positive, and passionate gospel of my show. So in this show, I got your news and gossipish, and there's some stuff that I really do want to talk about. About, um, in a very strong way and then I have um, predictions and cases for the Royal Rumble which is happening this Sunday and I have your weekly recap of your favorite shows for Raw, NXT and Smackdown or I may just talk about how the Rumble um, coincides this year with all three shows actually they're not incorporating NXT in the show but you know they may have surprise people show up at the Rumble so you never know but anyway Thank you and listen and chill to this new episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. All right, so I got your news and gossipish here, and there's a lot that I'm going to discuss in a very strong way. So if I do come off very passionate or kind of angry, then, you know, just deal with it because your girl has a lot to say about a lot of stuff that's been going down last week i was sick um (laughs) i lost my voice but now i i'm getting it back so there's so much that i have to talk about and the first thing is um we want to send well wishes to mia yim who has who revealed today um that she tested positive for COVID 19. um it was really sad um she won't be able to compete in the royal rumble on tomorrow night um because she tested positive she posted a screenshot of a um note that she wrote um on iphone and she said this morning around 10 30 a.m i debunked a rumor stating i was positive with covid for that i must make a statement i have been getting tested every week for several months now all have been negatives i was negative last week i got tested this afternoon less than an hour ago and it came back positive Please respect my privacy. Please stay safe. Wash your hands and wear a mask. See you all soon. 
Um, I feel like this is kind of a tough break considering she probably could have definitely benefited from performing in the Royal Rumble this Sunday, but safety first. And I really wish her the best. And it also makes me wonder if it's possible that maybe since her and Keith Lee are in relationship with one another, if he'll even participate in the Rumble for the men. And he was definitely picked as a favorite to win out of the men's um, Royal Rumble. Um, but I don't know if he's going to be participating or whatever, but he hasn't released a statement at this point, but I really hope that she recovers and, you know, she doesn't get the worst of what COVID has done to people. Definitely. Um, and I hope that he isn't affected by it either and that they're just taking care of each other and doing what's best for each other. Um, she has yet to really find her groove, you know, even though she is in the group, she's in, she's in the stable retribution with Mustafa Ali as his leader. Um, but I wish her the very best. Something else that also happened in the news um, this week that I found very interesting um, as a human interest story was MVP. Um, you know, he's been, you know, tearing it up as the leader of the Hurt Business with um, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander as the Raw Tag Team Champions and Bobby Lashley as the United States Champion. But of course, you know, they have some dissension going on here lately. But... Um, in an article, in an exclusive interview, you know, that he had with Bleacher Report, he talked about some of his background, which I found very interesting. Um, I found out he's 47 years old. I also found out that his real name is Hassan Hameen Assad, even though it didn't start off that way. And the reason why he changed his name was because um, he spent a lot of time behind bars, you know, from the age of 16 to the age of 25. And in January 1990, he was um, him and his friends robbed a cruise ship of more than $80,000. And because he got caught, well, him and his accomplices got caught, you know, his father, who was a corrections officer, you know, talked to him and told him to turn himself in. And he pleaded guilty to 10 counts of armed kidnapping and robbery and was sentenced to more than 18 years behind bars. So he started a new life after he got out of jail. And changed his name to Hassan, to Hassan Assad, and he turned his energy towards pro wrestling. And this is where he, of course, became MVP. And he went on to have a modicum of a lot of success, you know, during his first WWE reign. And then he left that company um, and went to Impact for a while, and then he came back. And now he, and then he said in an interview that one of his greatest um, inspirations for coming back to WWE and having that moment that he had at the Royal Rumble, huh, surprisingly last year, um, where he was dressed up as um, Black Panther, was because of his son. And he really wanted his son to see him, you know, in, inside WWE action. And WWE was interested in keeping him on. And that's how he's on now as a producer and as a leader of the Hurt Business. So hearing his redemption story and um, figuring out, you know, what more, you know, of what makes MVP tick was very interesting to see because, you know, growing up, I always thought he was just some flashy black dude who just thought he was just some, you know, baller type, you know, basketball, you know, baller type dude. And he was just wrestling or whatever. But it's always wonderful to see that there are mo there's more stories, you know, to these wrestlers from a human perspective than meets the eye. And it makes me love MVP and respect him even more as a legend and an OG. And I would never diss anyone for any mistakes that they may have made because we're all humans. You know, we do whatever. Sometimes we do some crazy things in order to survive and, um, and in order to do things. And I'll never judge anyone. So 
I'm glad that he turned his life around and became a wrestler. And now we know him as the OG that he is now. So much respect to MVP. We love him here on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. So there we go. Also, something interesting that's been rumbling about on the internet for like the past couple of days. It's just been uh, The Undertaker and Goldberg and Devon Dudley and their comments about today's wrestlers and what the culture is like backstage now. Now, I don't know if you have heard or haven't heard, but the, it started with The Undertaker saying something on the Joe Rogan podcast where, um, well, the Joe Rogan experience where he said that the WWE product is kind of soft and it kind of rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, a lot of the fans the wrong way, because he was sort of talking about, you know, how they how apparently a lot of current wrestlers, you know, play video games backstage and they're all about, you know, flashy stuff and looking pretty and all that other stuff, as opposed to being, you know, I guess, really rugged men like they used to be back in the day or whatever. And that really did, you know, rub people the wrong way. But then it got even worse. It kind of snowballed out of control once, um, Goldberg had his interview with Vic Joseph and Corey Graves on the After the Bell podcast where he um, agreed, well, he agreed that, you know, that the industry had changed. And this is what Goldberg said. He said, um, when you hear the comments about me coming back and doing one or two matches a year, how people are like, he doesn't deserve it. He never paid his dues. He was never on the road and these guys are on the road, you know, and He was saying that he feels like um, the business is soft, but the business is in 2021. So things have to change and things have to be different. Um, And even though he said that things have to be different, it's just the the idea that you agreed with the fact that the business is soft. And then Devon Dudley also came out and said that um, and basically said that he felt like the a lot of today's wrestlers are rude and disrespectful to a lot of the legends and stuff and also to kind of go back to what to speak more on what Goldberg said he said that um like I said times are quite different than than they were back then and today but people are soft people take offense to things way too quickly get a little little thicker skin boys and girls that's all I can say when legends came in when I was in the business in the beginning I was greatly appreciative of the eyes they brought to our product and one day those young kids are going to be just like me and I hope that karma comes back to bite them in the a word that's all I can say because at 54 years old I don't know one of them that could be doing what I do and I'm going to give my opinion on it um I am all for giving respect where respect is due because I was raised, um, of course, by my mom and my mom and dad. And I was also partly raised by all of my grandparents. Um, and they always taught me to respect my elders, no matter what, that's just something that I was, that's been instilled in me since I was a child. And that's something that I still do, you know, even to this day, even as I am an adult, I will say yes, sir. And no, sir, no, ma'am. And yes, ma'am, you know, to any and everyone, you know, do whatever I can to help elderly people, you know, and show my love to them because they did pave the way for me to be where I am. 
Um, and that's something that will never change. I respect and love, you know, all of my elders. There's no disrespect there. And I definitely love my elders in wrestling because there's a lot of stories that they can tell that can give all kinds of, you know, advice for us, you know, as we move forward and press along, you know, in our lives, you know, as wrestling podcasters, as wrestling interviewers, and of course, as wrestlers. But where I draw the line at is where you're an older wrestler and you feel like you are sort of obligated to a level of respect and make it seem like they always have to respect you and basically bow down to you every time you come up to them or every time they give you some advice or whatever to be quite honest it's almost like what Mustafa Ali said in that raw talk it's like you guys did pave the way and we can give you credit for paving the way for us but when are you going to let us walk on that path that you paved at what point are you going to take the spotlight off of yourself um and i may have said this before but i'm gonna say it again at what point are you going to take the spotlight off of yourself and stop pride and stop riding on the pride of what you used to do and actually let these boys and girls who are here actually you know make their own mark and not just think you're just obligated to respect because respect is a two-way street you know we can't respect you if you don't respect us as adults too and i think something that a lot of elders do have a tendency to do is the fact they have a tendency to be disrespectful towards younger people who are also adults um because they feel like they can but yet they feel like they want all of the respect you know they want all the respect because they're older but at the same time you don't want to give us any respect you know from the experiences that we've had and make it seem like our experiences are just as valid as your experiences and i think that type of thinking um kind of turns people off from wanting to continue to support you as an older wrestler because you think everybody is obligated to probably bow down to you or kiss your butt or whatever and that's just kind of toxic that's really toxic because it's just you can't just expect respect when you don't give it and i'm not saying that these people don't give respect to the, to you know these these wrestlers of the present you know on a regular everyday basis but at the same time you can't just expect all these people to just respect you based off of what you did that's great you did all these amazing things to pave the way for these people but you can't also expect them to just run up behind you and treat you like you're gods because you're not you're humans so as much as i love the undertaker for everything he's done um, for character wrestling and kayfabe wrestling. And as much as I love Goldberg for everything he's done for his power um, stuff in WCW and how it contributed to WCW being as dominant as it was during the 90s. And as much as I love Devon Dudley for everything he did, you know, for tag team wrestling, I don't take too kindly to them talking about how wrestling is soft now. Because a lot of these people who are wrestling in WWE and in and, and other promotions now came through the indies first and even if they didn't come through the indies they trained hard and worked hard to become what they've become now and yes they do have to focus on character and yes some of them may focus on their faces and all that other stuff but some of these people have interests outside of wrestling that require them to focus on other things like the Miz for an example when during his character run like say maybe in the 2010s where he was talking about his face being a money maker he's also an actor and 
he's also a TV star. So there's a level to keeping himself, you know, pretty that they, that I guess he has to do because he's marketable, you know, in other areas of his, you know, career outside of wrestling. And then you also have people like Xavier Woods who've created a platform, you know, with his video game channel Up Up Down Down which brings a lot of other eyes to wrestling that might have not otherwise paid attention to wrestling before. Um and of course, now he's going to be a host on G4 now that it's been rebooted. There's a level to it that you just, there's a level to wrestling that is different now. Some of these people have other interests outside of wrestling. Like maybe if one day they retire, they have other interests outside of wrestling. And it's just like, you can't just fault them for, you know, being how they are now by being image conscious or possibly using other platforms to do things and play video games and stuff like that because for some people playing video games is is good for their mental health and it keeps them sane where all this crazy stuff is going on and I feel like with everything that's happening with COVID and all the you know random things that happen in life and all the above like you need to let people do what they need to do in order to stay comfortable and to keep their heads in the game and not just trash them for it just because it's not how it used to be when you were young like stop it it can't be like that that was in the 90s and the 80s this is 2021 like chill out like chill out and hush I mean give advice where it is warranted but don't just shoot off at the mouth just because you think you can like stop at, and because it, it just makes you look bitter at this point it just makes you look bitter and it makes you look sad and that's really all I have to say about that so yeah just let these young wrestlers live their best lives and just let them do what they're gonna do because they're training hard they're working hard they're taking bumps they're getting injured you know they're dealing with a whole lot of other stuff that you probably didn't think to deal with or stuff that you weren't exposed to you know way back when so give them some grace and hush and that's really all I have to say um, for this news and gossipers segment. And now we're going to go to Royal Rumble predictions and cases. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, so here's where I'm going to talk about the Royal Rumble this year and the cases for people winning the two men and women's Royal Rumble matches and the predictions of the matches of the rest of the matches going forward for the rest of the pay-per-view. So, of course, I, as always, I'm going to start with the women. So with the women, we have the match between we have a couple of matches. Um, We have. Sasha Banks, the GOAT, versus Carmella for the SmackDown Women's title. Now, they've been kind of going back and forth, you know, at each other um, ever since, you know, Carmella started attacking her after she after Sasha won um, the SmackDown Women's title from Bayley. And they've been fighting each other back and forth. And you got Reginald in there, you know, being his flippy, 
you know, Somalia itself. And just last week, Sasha Banks kicked his ever-loving behind and it was wonderful and I loved it. But he was also really impressive as well because of all his flips and stuff. And I found out on Instagram that he actually used to work for Cirque du Soleil. So he's basically a circus guy. So I think that's really cool. Um, but he also tried to offer Sasha Banks some... Um, wine on smackdown last night too but she turned it she turned it down and basically said that she's gonna break carmella's jaw on sunday so to be quite honest you know with them going back and forth at each other constantly i don't see as much as i love carmella i don't see her winning against sasha banks at this point because heading into wrestlemania you have um and with their royal rumble match you're you have the possibility of whoever wins the Royal Rumble Sunday going up against, you know, any women's champion. That's Asuka, that's um, Sasha Banks, or maybe even Io Shirai, maybe, when it comes to NXT. I'm not sure if they're going to include that in the deal, but, you know, it was included last year, so maybe it's safe to assume that they will. But they have the choice. And I can't imagine, you know, even though Carmella is, there's a draw that Carmella does have, it's not as strong as Sasha Banks's draw right now. So I see Sasha Banks, you know, retaining the title, even though Carmella's going to put up a great fight. And then, of course, she always has the X factor of Reginald there. Um, I see Sasha Banks winning and her going on to face possibly whoever wins the women's um, Royal Rumble match. Um, and then in terms of the women, we also have the women's tag team championship match between Oscar and Charlotte who are the champions versus Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax now this has been going on on Raw and I feel like it's been kind of awkward because the way that they've been booking Charlotte and Oscar they've have they've had them separate from each other most of the time with the exception of two Smackdowns ago where they fought you know to retain their tag titles against the Riot Squad and this was really interesting but at the same time on Raw, it's like they're never together because Charlotte also has this feud going on with Lacey Evans because Lacey Evans is currently trying to woo Ric Flair away from her. Um, and it's really interesting how you have these two tag team champions who have these separate things going on. And then you have Asuka as the Raw Women's Champion as well, you know, fighting Alexa Bliss, who also has this feud going back and forth um, with Randy Orton on behalf of The Fiend Bray Wyatt. And this past Monday, Asuka and Alexa Bliss had the main event where they fought for the Raw Women's Championship. And Alexa Bliss wound up, even though she almost wound up winning, she wound up losing because um, Randy Orton came out there and RKO'd her with his disfigured face. And that tag team titles, the tag team titles have just been kind of taking the back seat to all of that. And it's been kind of disorganized and for the life of me I don't understand how is it that they're also planting seeds of dissension inside of Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax to possibly break up but yet and still they still want to go after the tag team titles and even though they started off in a tag team not liking each other to begin with they still you know had the ability to work together and even though that makes sense it's at the same time it doesn't make sense because they've both declared themselves to possibly be in the Royal Rumble as well so either you want to be solo or either you don't want to be solo like you can't have it both ways make up your mind and I would just prefer for the both of them at this stage you know to just separate 
because I believe Shayna Baszler deserves to have a little bit of a solo run towards the Raw Women's Championship so she can sort of beef back up her little like her little momentum that she had last year but then it just got deflated because she lost the Royal Rumble and then she lost her match against Becky Lynch um it's just there's just more that Shayna Baszler could be doing at this point other than tagging with Nia Jax who's just somehow you know she's just I don't know I'm kind of on the outs with Nia Jax at this point because I don't know if she means to hurt people or not at this stage you know so it's just kind of like I don't know like I just need for the women's tag team titles to actually have some meaning and to actually have some teams to actually go after it um and for them to actually book it in a way that makes sense because that's been one of the weird parts of raw that just don't make sense to me um so i predict that oscar and charlotte might retain that is unless of course lacey evans goes out there to try to ruin charlotte and take her focus off the game and then nia jackson Shannon baszler retain well not retain but win the titles again but i i really don't see oscar and charlotte losing at this point because they just want them so I'm going to predict that Asuka and Charlotte are going to retain their tag titles and Nia and Shayna are going to break up or they're going to eliminate each other and officially break up in the Women's Royal Rumble match. So, hey, whatever. And when it comes to the Women's Royal Rumble match, um, I'm trying to decide really who could, you know, surprisingly show up and be a surprise entrant. Of course, you have all of your legends and stuff who could very well come back and be a surprise entrant. You have your Jacqueline's, you have your Molly Hollies, you have your Trish Stratuses, your Lita's. You know, you have all of those amazing people. You even have Melina at this point who could come back and, you know, be in the match or whatever. Um, but, and then you also have people from NXT who could come in the match as well, like um, Shotzi Blackheart, um, like Rhea Ripley, who hasn't been on NXT television since she lost her last woman standing match against Raquel Gonzalez. Um, I really, I have a huge feeling that she might show up and make some wave, make some mad waves. But the person that I am predicting to possibly win this Women's Royal Rumble match is Bianca Belair. I literally don't see anybody else winning. I don't see anybody else with all the momentum, with all of the hoopla um, behind them other than her. I mean, because the baby girl has been on a roll. I love her so much. She has been on an absolute roll. Her WWE Chronicle just came out where we learned that she dealt with depression and with um, eating disorders when she was an athlete in high school and also in college. Like, she dealt with a lot of you know, things that sort of, you know, kept her down until she found CrossFit. And then through CrossFit, she wound up gaining the attention of Mark Henry, who said she should come to WWE. And now she's become, she is a homegrown star. And now, you know, in her first year on the main roster, she has made such a huge splash. Like, I, I don't see anyone else truly coming in and winning this match other than her. Because if she wins and she faces Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's title, you have money there. You have Sasha Banks, who is arguably the GOAT and could put on a great match with a broomstick. 
Um, <laughs> and then you have all of her star power, you know, with everything she's brought, you know, with, within the past year with the tag team that she had with Bailey and the feud she had with Bailey. And then with her being on Star Wars, The Mandalorian and everything she's done. And then you also have Bianca Belair with everything she's done. And even with her being in a truth commercial for smoking and all that other stuff and vaping, like it would just be amazing to watch these two, you know, wrestle each other. And on a personal note, it would mean the world to me because you've also, I don't know if this has ever truly happened in terms of history, you would have these two black women facing each other for a main, for a mainstream wrestling title. And I'm not sure if that's ever happened before, but that would be historic. And for someone like Bianca Belair, who wears her, um, pride in her heritage on her sleeve and with Sasha Banks who is you know the cousin of Snoop Dogg who also you know wears her heritage on her sleeve it would just mean the world to me on a personal level if these two black women were able to show their best selves in this match and quite frankly at Wrestlemania I wouldn't even know who to root for I would just sit and watch that match and just see what outcome would happen and just be happy either way that it happened so <laughs> um I am predicting for Bianca Belair to win the entire thing and I'm not going to be a negative person and feel some type of way about her you know beating Bailey this past Smackdown um and you know having and then with Bailey sort of staring at her in this evil way you know after she lost the match and everything I'm just gonna be positive and just you know manifest that the EST of WWE is going to be the EST of the Royal Rumble and be the EST of Mania um so yeah I'm predicting Bianca Belair there's literally no one else in my mind that could win it that is it that is all and that's it so <laughs> that's really all for the women side of the Royal Rumble pay-per-view now in terms of the men's side of the world of the pay-per-view you have Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens in a last man I believe a last man standing match um this fe this feud has been absolutely entertaining and they took it up to another level on this past smackdown because they had a face-to-face -face, but not really a face-to-face because -face, you know covid and stuff where they talked at each other and roman reigns just took like the worst digs at kevin owens's family and was throwing mad shade at his bloodline and his grandparents and all that other stuff and kevin owens just wasn't having it so i'm predicting that we're going to see a whole nother level of intensity from kevin owens but ultimately he's not gonna win because roman reigns is roman reigns and he's the tribal chief and the head of the table um so Roman Reigns is definitely going to win, but I'm going to predict that Kevin Owens is going to lock into another savage level of him that we've also never seen. Um, and also for the men's side, we have Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg for the um, WWE Championship. And even though they work together with their whole spear and Claymore kick spot on The Miz and John Morrison this past Monday, then how cool that was. If Goldberg wins, I'll be pissed. And I'm just going to say that. <laughs> like, I'll be very angry if Goldberg wins this match. Because here again, you'll have WWE depending on nostalgia for the sake of WrestleMania. As opposed to depending on their champion who's been carrying the company on his back since the pandemic era started. And... I just don't need that to happen. And especially since Goldberg said all that stuff he said about um, people not showing them, you know, respect and all this other stuff and all this other stuff. When Drew McIntyre has done nothing but show respect to the people who came before him, it literally makes no sense. So 
I'm just kind of done with Goldberg at this point. A part of my childhood would always love him for the joy he brought me when I was a child, but I'm no longer a child. I've put away childish things and I am a grown woman. And grown woman Stephanie is tired. (laughs) Grown woman Stephanie is tired of Goldberg just popping up and just skipping the line and getting titles. So, and getting titles and title shots. I'm tired of it. So, I'm predicting that Drew McIntyre is going to win. Drew has to win at this point because if he loses after he just kind of got it back from Randy Orton and he's has to toss his belt, you know, that he's been carrying the company with all this time to somebody to somebody who isn't going to be on television as much until it's time for WrestleMania in April, then that would have just been a waste of my time and everybody else's time. So, yeah. Um... Also, with the men, really, I'm not even sure if they've announced an IC title match with Big E and someone. He has a lot of people he would fight with at this point, so I'm not sure if he has a match. And I'm not necessarily sure if he's going to be participating in the Royal Rumble. I hope he is, um, because he was definitely one of my favorites to win. And I think... I'm going to go to the men's Royal Rumble match simply because of the fact that I have so many favorites to win in the men's match that I'm just going to talk about them all. And my, I have a probably about like a top five or six people who I would be happy with if they won. Um, if I see the case for a lot of men here winning, I see the case for Mustafa Ali winning the Royal Rumble. Um, because he has a chip on his shoulder that's huge and it's a chip that's lasted for two years now and it's absolutely intriguing to see him sort of go from being this sweet guy um, to being the guy who was backstage you know watching everybody on camera to the leader of retribution and now you see him attacking Xavier Woods constantly because he has a beef with Kofi Kingston for taking away his opportunity that he probably would have had at Wrestlemania two years ago but Kofi took his place and then Kofi mania happened and I have no regrets about that because it was amazing and I've talked about it too many times on this show so I'm not going into it right now but (laughs) um Mustafa has a a giant chip on his shoulder and he has something to prove and what was funny about Raw was the fact that when he was attacking and beating up on Xavier he said that you know since Kofi Kingston can't participate in the Rumble this year I'm going to take his place which was basically you know circling back to how Kofi took his place at the Elimination Chamber two years ago which led to him going on the Kofi Mania run Um, And I thought that was really smart storytelling on their part. So if Mustafa won the Men's Royal Rumble, I would not be angry at at that at all. Because that would feed into him getting an an opportunity at a title that he should have had an opportunity at a long time ago. And that would be really, really cool. Um, And then if if he were to win the title, then you'd have Kofi trying to get it back again. Because he hasn't really had another title run since he lost to Brock Lesnar. So that would be really cool too. 
So there's the case for Mustafa Ali, Mustafa Ali rather. Then there's also a case for Cesaro. Cesaro has never won a Royal Rumble at all. And he has had so much momentum and, and he has so much athleticism to offer. Like he's one of the best ring generals um, that WWE has had in the past 10 years. And he would definitely deserve a championship run if anybody would deserve one. Because he's had other championships, but he's never really had a chance to go after the big one. And I would love if he had an opportunity. And he's been sort of getting beefed up and pushed a little bit on SmackDown as well. So I would love for him, him to get an opportunity too. Then there's also the case, of course, for Daniel Bryan, who has also never won a Royal Rumble. And when it came to him being and having a Royal Rumble moment, the one thing that people remember is, of course, Philadelphia, where he got in the match, but then got eliminated. And um, Roman Reigns won and everybody booed him out of the building, even if The Rock came out there and, you know, raised his hand and all the other stuff. Nobody cared because they wanted Daniel Bryan to be the guy. So if he had a chance to win the Royal Rumble, you know, I wouldn't be mad at that either entirely. Um, but the thing about him is, is that he's had titles op to title opportunity after title opportunity without having to win the Rumble. So I think that would be my only gripe against it. But I wouldn't mind him either. Now, I'm also going to make the case for Shinsuke Nakamura, even though he has also won a Royal Rumble, even though, you know, he wound up not, you know, winning the title from AJ Styles at the time he won it. Um, if he won the Royal Rumble, I would be really excited about that because he'd be a two-time winner. And there are only so few people who won it, you know, more than once. So if he was one of those people to win it another time, that would be really cool too. And he's been sort of getting a push. They've given him his old music back. It's possible that him and maybe Cesaro might be breaking up, you know, because he's possibly, he's turned face. So I don't know. We'll see. But I think Shinsuke would have a good case for winning as well. Now... The two people who I would want to win it the most, though, is definitely Keith Lee and Big E. And yes, a part of it is the fact that they're both black men. But another, but, but there's um, the point for Keith Lee is the fact that the, he had a championship opportunity against Drew McIntyre. And he proved without a shadow of a doubt that he could stand toe to toe with that man and take him to the absolute limit. And they had one of the best matches that's been on Raw in the past couple of months. You know, and Raw has been on the struggle bus, right? But here's the thing. If Keith Lee were to win it, you know, he would have an opportunity against Drew McIntyre or possibly Goldberg again. And, you know, well, not Goldberg again, but just Goldberg. And they could fight each other and it would be amazing. But there's the case for Big E, too. He has been... Um, on a singles run ever since they split up the new day on two different shows and we've sort of been seeing him face these you know amazing you know pillars in the WWE like Sheamus um and he's been having a great program with Apollo Crews who has been sort of getting sort of like this devilish advice from Roman Reigns and Apollo Crews has been trying to win um the intercontinental championship um from him and then you also have Sami Zayn trying to win the championship from him as well but I find that him against Apollo who's been you know moonlighting with 
Roman Reigns more intriguing because in that case you would have he would have a beef with Roman possibly out of you know that happening so Big E if he won the Royal Rumble I would be ecstatic for him and he would have a run that's almost similar to Kofi's and if he won you know the WWE Championship or the Universal Championship then that would be absolutely fantastic for him and he would definitely deserve it considering he's never had a chance at a main title at a big title like that you know either and so those are really all the people who I have in mind to win that men's Royal Rumble match but you know you never know what could happen and you never know what type of surprises might pop up so all we can do is watch you know tomorrow night and see what happens so that's really all I have for Royal Rumble cases and predictions um and now we're gonna go to our recap Okay, so normally this is where I would do my weekly recap of all the shows for Raw, NXT, and SmackDown. Um, But I decided not to do it this time because there's a lot of other stuff that I want to talk about in terms of housekeeping for my show or announcements, basically, that's coming up. So um, next week um, is going to be close to the anniversary of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Woo! Yeah, I've been doing this show a year. (laughs) So to celebrate, I'm probably just going to release an episode sort of talking about my journey about, you know, how this started, more about how it started, other stories, you know, to tell about my other experiences since I've started and how and what my hopes are for the podcast going forward. And I'm just really excited, you know, because when I started the show, it was after the Royal Rumble um last year and so much was and so much was going on there was so much so many stories that were popping off you know in wrestling and there was still so much that I didn't know about you know wrestling from outside of WWE but I just knew there was something that I wanted to talk about and say so that's what made me start the show and I have learned so much and done so much and I'm going to be and I want to be able to talk about that Um, So in this next episode next week, I'm probably going to discuss that a whole lot more um, from where I came from and, you know, how far I've gotten and how much further I hope that I can go. So the anniversary is actually February the 8th of 2021. And that's also the day I start a new job, too. So (laughs) there's a lot going on in my life. Um, My life is constantly in flux, but I think that's just the life of a millennial anyway so that's what's going on with me um so like I said the anniversary is February the 8th so if you have any well wishes you want to give or any questions you want to ask me about wrestling or ask me about you know how I started or why I started and all the and all of the above and any ideas you want to give for my show and where it could go from here please do that you know um I'm going to talk about where you can follow me after I say after I give all my announcements. Also next month, since it is Black History Month and um, I am a black female um, podcast host um, in wrestling, I'm going to be holding interviews with three of my closest heroes that I hold to my heart in terms of wrestling podcasting. I'm going to be interviewing them um, for the first three weeks of February. I'm going to be interviewing them first. The first interview 
is going to be Janelle from the HR from the Jobber Tears podcast. And actually, all of them are the co-hosts of the Jobber Tears podcast. Um, in the second week, I'm going to be interviewing um, Mr. Black from the Jobber Tears podcast. And in the third week, I'm going to be interviewing Sir Wilkins of, J- of JTP. And I'm really happy to be interviewing them because they are just three of the most greatest and funniest people I've ever met in terms of this podcasting game. And if you, you know, want to listen to more, you know, black content creators in terms of wrestling, I would definitely say, please listen to them because they are brash. They're honest. They're going to tell it like it is. And even if the, even if their feelings are unpopular, they have no issues saying that. And they've been very supportive of me, you know, during my journey since we've connected. And I'm so happy to talk to each of them, you know, and get their perspective on things of all things wrestling and how they started and, you know, how they got together and what made them, you know, become this collective unit as we know them today. And they also have a podcasting network of other podcasts as well. So they're really growing into this giant conglomerate of other podcasts. And that's really cool to see, too. So I'm going to be talking with them next month. And then, of course, I have other interviews I'm setting up, you know, consistently, you know, getting in contact with more and more people inside of wrestling and also outside of wrestling, too, who are fans, you know. So I'm really excited for what's coming up for this show. And I just wanted to at least announce that. I also wanted to announce that I am um, effective immediately no longer selling my chill, positive and passionate T-shirts. Um because I had a person who wanted to purchase a shirt but did not have Cash App. <laughs> so what I'm going to try and do is possibly set up an, a wrestling t-shirt account with Pro Wrestling Tees. So I can actually design the shirts, you know, myself. And you can go online and purchase them, you know, like that. And so, you know, once I set that up, um, I'll be advertising that on all my social media outlets pretty soon. So that's a thing that's going to happen as well. So I just wanted to let you guys know what's going to be up um, for the for the next month. And also for Black History Month, I'm probably going to talk about, you know, African and African-American wrestlers who have inspired me and sort of inspired the, the sport of wrestling to from the past and also the present and of course it's future as well and I'm probably going to highlight some more of the wrestlers that I've actually interviewed so far um, and talk about them more as well in terms of black history on my social media pages as well so February is going to be a cool month it's the anniversary month it's black history month there's so much going on but I hope you could just you know stick along with me for the ride so to conclude this show, you, I'm just going to tell you where you can find me. You can follow me on Instagram at Hardy Wrestling Podcast. You can also follow on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardy WrestlePod. And you can um, listen to the listen to the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and you can also listen to it on the Anchor app for free. And that's also where you can, you know, create your own podcast as well. So, you know, if you want to just continue to support me, you can listen to me on YouTube with my YouTube channel, um, Hardy Wrestling Podcast. And please like, share and subscribe that as well. And I'm hoping you're living your best lives and continuing to stay safe as we navigate this um, crazy girl called Rona. 
and you know just hope for the best you know as we push through our daily lives or whatever so i hope you're being the light in the world and i hope you're being chill positive and passionate in your own daily lives and also as you're watching wrestling as well so until next time um i hope you enjoy the royal rumble it, it's got a lot of cool stuff going on um this sunday and of course bad bunny is performing which sort of feeds my feeds my point as to why rap and wrestling can indeed work um so i hope you do enjoy that as well and just continue to enjoy everything that wrestling has to give so until next time this is stephanie hardy of the hardy wrestling podcast bye y'all say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.